0: movie wars episode 0039 the italian job versus ocean 11 here
1: ocean jobs all include a happy ending
0: La 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 039 of the Movie Wars podcast.
2: This is your host, Kyle. You suicidal? No, only in the morning. The dudes got dogs. I don't do dogs. I had a bad experience. I'm
1: Drew. <laughs> uh Charlie, there are two kinds of thieves in this world: the one who steals <laughs> from to enrich their lives, and those who steal to define their lives <laughs> don't be the latter podcast. This is Phil. We all
2: did. We all did. Italian Job quote. Actually, I just my was Ocean's 11. I just Googled oh,
1: that as Kyle was yeah. doing the intro. I, I had to get there.
0: Not the most quotable movies. Neither of these. Yeah, not the most quotable. You would kind of have to dip. All the best quotes are like conversational nuance, but we've got Italian Job, the Italian Job, mm. versus Ocean 11 here. I love a it good co- Italian Job. Yeah, we got a couple of remakes here. I only had time to watch one, and I really had a hard time getting through it. Not going to lie, I watched the uh, original Italian Job with Michael Caine, he's very charming in it, but that is about it. Um, although I will say it was somewhat refreshing because if that is just the isolated incident, the remake of Italian Job was exponentially better than the original, which you can't really say for today's environment of perpetual remakes, Dude, um, right?
1: <laughs> where, we're, we're getting a remake of White Men Can't Dance or whatever the yeah, fuck yeah. I know. There, <laughs> I love this a jump, but, this, but this, we can't dance either. Yeah, so. No, we can't. <laughs> this incredible. We try. It looks really weird.
0: This incredible new
2: age. Well, you're of, not white. Your last name is Gonzalez. Yeah. Cubano. Muy communisto simpatico. Yo, muy communisto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the remake thing was a, that was not like a marketing angle back then. Mm-mm. Right now it's like, they're remaking this. They're rebooting yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It's all about the remake and the reboot. That's That wasn't a thing. I don't
0: know. They didn't want to make the same movie. Like uh, Soderbergh talks about it in the commentary. He's like, we wanted no Rat Pack references. We wanted no Frank Sinatra, even though there's like a sign in the background that they saw that said Rat Pack. And ah. there's there like little tiny things, but they didn't want it to
2: call back at all to the Sinatra film. Yeah. And I've seen this movie several times and I didn't even know that until I did some research for mm-hmm. this movie
0: yeah and I mean we li- and we live in this perpetual remake environment now where it's like hey let's make a movie from 40 year- years ago but neuter the source material because we're gonna you know wash it with today's ethics and completely neuter it you know and I think these are I think there's a good examples of how remakes can be better than the source material it, what's funny though is Phil and I or sorry Drew and I watched Heat for like the 50th time together like mm-hmm. a, the week before we, we scheduled this podcast and the whole time I was watching these heist movies I was like there's only one heist film <laughs> and that is Heat. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But they're really good. Um, very different movie. Very different. But it's interesting. The heist
2: genre is very specific. But anyway, let's get to Impressions. Here's what I remember about these movies. I was in high school, and these were like the two movies after I was a church kid. And after church, we would go back to the the all the youth group at our church, would go back and, to someone's house and watch movies. And these were like the two movies that we would like rotate. These are very
1: youth group uh, yeah, friendly movies. Yeah, youth group movies. friendly. They're yeah. fun. They're
2: exciting exciting. They keep the attention of teenagers. They're pretty clean. I mean, they're PG-13 you know, stylish. We got Brad Pitt in one. You got Charlize Theron in the other. There's cool cars. There's good looking suits. They're both techno savvy and stylish and sleek. Oh, yeah. and- I definitely get blood of lamb vibes from George Clooney. You know? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm just what does trying to mean? force
0: the Christian theme into, oh, into it. No. <laughs>
2: no. Oh. <laughs> I thought blood of lamb was like a Stephen King novel that you were referencing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I knew I'd I get
0: crucified for that joke. We you literally, literally- read blood
2: of lamb? Oh my God. It's I, amazing. I, Come on. Just,
1: just to reference how much blood and gore and evil shit it takes to get Kyle to watch a movie. He technically today that he hates Harry Potter, and I was just immediately like, well, why do you hate Harry Potter? And he was like, well, because it's too childish or something. And I was like, dude, by the fourth movie, people are, demons are sucking people's faces off, killing children and dropping their bodies (laughs) at the feet of their parents. And so that's how we have to qualify every movie we uh, recommend to Kyle. It has to be demonic and well. To clarify,
0: I read the first three books, didn't dig them. I haven't (laughs) seen the movies, but but you have to remember, by the time those books came out, I had read every Hannibal Lecter book by Thomas Harris. this is true. I read it, I read 10 Stephen so, King books and then I read that I'm like, what
1: is this? So Muggles in Quidditch. What is this Dr. Seuss shit? You m- know? <laughs> Muggles <laughs> in Quidditch. Not playing so well. Anyway, Mr. church group. The Castro. thing that I
2: remember, here's the, I had an epiphany watching these. When I watched these when they came out, I was in high school and I didn't, I didn't actually pay attention to plots when I watched movies in mm, high school. Agreed, I, just watched, I just watched scenes and I was yeah. like, oh, this is either a good scene or a bad scene and it usually was a good scene if it had like a good looking person in it or if there was something funny happening or a really cool car or a really cool device or, like, some action thing. Like, that's all I cared about. And these movies are just strings of really fucking awesome scenes. But then now, as I've watched a million movies and I've kind of studied this stuff, like, watching the plots kind of be put together and watching them go from one scene to another, I'm like, these are not really that good of movies. So that was kind of my major takeaway. But they're so fun. I mean, if you just like watching, like, robbery be glorified, <laughs> it's kind of like that Robin Hood thing. It's like you mm-hmm. kind of want to see the rich get robbed and, you know, it's it's like you're pulling for the thieves. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed them both. Love it.
1: Rewatching these was very interesting because they hit me opposite of how I expected them to. Like I had always in my mind Ocean's Eleven had always been like the better of the heist films and I, I was really really looking forward to rewatching it because I, I hadn't seen it in a while and it was a, a favorite of mine you know years ago. But something about it like really it just struck me as like I don't know if like suspension of disbelief is harder to engage these days or something. But um, it was really, really tough to get into that film because I've said this a few times. I don't, I mean, I don't know how much anybody agrees with me on this, but Ocean's Eleven to me is like border, is a borderline superhero movie. Like those guys are doing insane shit that no normal human could do with like coordinated perfection. They're a cape away from being a su- superheroes. Like it was, it was off the rails. So I was kind of watching it in shock at, of how absurd Ocean's Eleven was.
2: Yeah, but at least in superhero movies, they have superpowers.
1: Yeah, exactly. So- Oh, it makes yeah.
2: sense. It's easier to s- suspend that belief yeah. than it is to watch like a small Asian man just like jump around these like laser beams. Exactly,
1: yeah. Th- that's why it was kind of like, this isn't a superhero movie, but these dudes are doing like close to superhuman kind of shit. So mm-hmm. anyway, Ocean's Eleven just really hit me on this watch as completely absurd and I couldn't get past it. Like, I was really like, struggling. I'm like, I have mm-hmm. to like try to be somewhat objective about this. Were you drowning in podcast. the ocean? Zo Eleven? Yeah, I was. There were eleven oceans just cascading over me, all 11 at once.
2: Italian Oceans, yeah, <laughs> Italian Oceans. It was a real
1: job, smelled like prosciutto, and <laughs> stinky old salami, and shit. But like, I nah, mean, Oceans 11, dude, I struggled with that movie. Like, I appreciated it for what, what it was, but <laughs> this watch, I something something rubbed me the wrong way, and I just could not suspend the disbelief. I was like, this is all bullshit. And then Italian Job, I actually enjoyed significantly more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. It's another one, they're about the same caliber of film, like that early 2000s, just you know, everything was crazy. Um, it was almost like the realities of 9-11 hadn't quite sunk in, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the pet denialism. The yeah. yeah. It's like, the we're not
1: there yet. Italian Job, I really enjoyed it. To me, it kind of struck me as like Fast and the Furious Light or something. Like all the cars, the big ensemble cast. Mm. It So, and I just love the pacing of those films, even though they're objectively stupid films. So I I actually really, really enjoyed Italian Job for what it was worth. Wasn't,
2: the, uh, wasn't it a cultural phenomenon, the Mini Cooper thing, because of that film
1: Alone. Oh, I mean, it, I think it had a huge impact. I would on it. love
2: to see the documentary interviewing the marketing team at Mini Cooper during that time and what that did and how that changed their earnings. You, you know, like that had, I just remember I'd never heard of Mini Cooper
1: vehicles. Yeah. There are a lot of Mini and, Coopers. And in then this movie. that movie came yeah. out
2: and it's just like, oh, there's Mini Coopers everywhere now. And this is just part of the American life.
1: Like the funny thing too about that situation is the requirements they had on those vehicles were, I, I don't, I would imagine that it's possible to get them to do that, but I think I remember Mark Wahlberg saying that the, each mini had to carry 2,800 pounds of payload. That's like three quarter tr- ton truck territory. Like you're buying a Ford F250 for safety, or 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 an F350 to carry that much weight. No, like to carry that the gold. Like when he oh, when gold. he brings in the mm. the guy wrench or whatever. Oh yeah, who's like we need them to outrun outrun anything that chases us and be able to carry 2,800 pounds of payload. I was like, dude, that's like, that's an F 250. like, So, not possible, you're saying? I don't know that it's not possible. I think these days, some crazy motherfucker out in Los Angeles, like who owns like Pit My Ride, could figure that shit out. But, like, that's. Th- but 20 years ago, probably not. Yeah, I mean, like, my truck can't carry that much weight.
2: By the way, that movie's 20 years old.
1: It's kind of crazy. Everybody looked like children in that.
2: Do you guys remember what a revelation Charlize Theron was in that movie? Like yeah, that? yeah. Dude, I, you I, you I remember? just remember, I mean, again, I was in high school and me and all my buddies were like, oh my God, that is the most attractive woman. I've ever seen yeah the pride she was living dead on screen off screen yeah. like she was <clears throat> the other thing Ooh. I remember sorry I know I already went. No, to no, jump in
1: dear Brad God Brad
2: fashion I just remember that being so influential on mm-hmm. my life the suits that that man wore with the collar like popped over the thing I remember uh, well, we won't get into it, but it heavily influenced my fashion in high school. I remember I, I went nice. a, I went through a suit phase. We had a suit phase in college. Remember, I wanted to do my hair like him. I wanted to pop my collar over the suit, mm. like I wanted to be Brad Pitt. I great, still do. I'm routinely jealous
1: of Drew's hair. I know we don't run video here, but uh, mm. not only does he have it, which I don't, <laughs> um, but for those who can't see Phil's bald he has. He is the. It's the the thickness is there. So hopefully you never uh, lose it. Bill, yeah, thank yeah. You. Well, Hopefully you keep where did that. did that come from? That hair girth. Well, you're talking about hair doing your hair, <laughs> and I'm looking at it and I'm like, God God. damn, this motherfucker's got like the strongest head of hair I've seen in a minute. (laughs) I'm
0: so glad we don't use video right now
1: because Drew is reveling in this. I'm like, like, quit it.
2: Give me Ah, more. If he lets it go
1: like another three inches, he could just like put spikes and shit and look just like a Japanese anime character.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's what he's going for. He told me. I do agree with what you said because you and I kinda had a suit phase when we met in college. because like, we went It started here. It Ooh, did. I we went that. to a college in a really small ass country town where we met, and there was nothing to do. They had a local steakhouse where the, the steak was even rare was as tough as Ponderosa?
1: a... Ponderosa. Uh, I don't know. what was that? Was that a central that Florida place thing? called? I don't
0: know. It had some it was a person's name, Callister or some weird it was a weird name. It was the one Callahan's Callahan. Was it Callahan's Callahan's the one steakhouse? Wow. And so but we decided like we would drive forty minutes to freaking Fayetteville and put on our suits that were not tailored, I and love like, it. We, it was oh, it was very much inspired. Uh, you know, can we do that again? Like, you know,
2: like Copeland's or Texas Long? Like stay, we went to Copeland's. Yeah, we went to Copeland's Some and Rogers weird chain.
1: Oh, I love that. I want the suits to come back. I
0: know. I love suits. I've been wanting one. I've been wanting like a nice one myself. Um, you know, I here's what I always go into, and this will be very on brand for me. I fear the ensemble, as you guys know. Whenever I, I see you. big name cast with lots of names, here's what I've learned, and I knew this before doing this podcast, but definitely more aware of it now. Having a Giant cast does not guarantee a great film, and it takes a lot of
1: balance. What film was very recent that had a giant cast and was like god awful? I don't. There was a uh, recent movie, uh, that, the one
0: on Netflix with Leonardo DiCaprio. Don't look up. I hated that it. That might have been one Giant of them. cast: Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jonah Hill. It was endless.
2: It's hard to balance all that comes with that. Yeah, because yeah, you're was, usually hiring yeah, right. actors
1: for a, specific, yeah, your stature
2: for real roles. And if there are real roles, they need to be served with their character arc. Mm-hmm. And to serve them well with their character arc requires screen time. And it gives screen time to all those people. It requires a lot. Great. Deal of balance and a lot of time, yeah. and it, sometimes it's just unless you're the Russo brothers, yeah, or you know, it, it's it's hard to pull off. Yeah.
0: Well, and not to continue fanboying out about Heat, but you know, not just in this genre, but it's hard to think of a film with a giant cast that ever balanced it as well as Heat did. You know, that to me is the standard of big cast. I mean, freaking Pacino, Kilmer, Nero, it just you can't even stop. Like Ashley Judd is like it's a true. side actress. You know, she's like way down on the
1: bill. You know, you it's, don't
2: think they did a good job though here? We'll get it. We'll get for to the, the most that. part. We'll hey, get to that.
1: Here's one. I mean, I think a few good men they I mean there was yeah. a, that was an enormous cast. You're right. And that that, that was near flawless. Mm-hmm. So, Crash comes to mind. I oh, always go yeah. back. Yeah, that's a good one. To me, yeah. the,
0: the best example I always think of, and lo and behold, we're talking Matt Damon again here. Freaking God damn it. Matt Damon. More like Dat Matt, Damon. Matt Damon Seed. Monuments men. That's always my reference point. That is one of the worst giant ensemble films I've ever seen. And I just I didn't yeah. even finish that movie. I was halfway through. I was like, I want John Goodman to kill me right now. This is
1: <laughs> this is More like like John Badman, <laughs> whoa, whoa, John three
0: sixteen, um.
1: Austin three sixteen, going way back.
0: This is an interesting skid for for Steven Soderbergh. I don't know if you took a look at his filmography, but he, I mean he has a he has directed forty seven movies, but in two thousand he. Di- <laughs>
2: Nice pull. Thank you. Good stather. Love
0: it. He directed Aaron Brockovich and Traffic in 2000, which I know we, wow. didn't, we didn't love Traffic on this podcast, but that was an acclaimed film. I, I liked it just fine. Yeah. It wasn't amazing, but it was want We just didn't want to do it on the pod at the moment. And then Ocean's <laughs> Eleven the following year, Aaron Brockovich was a really big breakthrough. That was a great them. movie. Yeah, because Julie Roberts was won Best, Wait, uh, Best Waitress. Best She's actress. a fantastic waitress. Yeah. Oh, my God. Best Actress. And it's one of my all-time favorite actress performances. I love it. I, I've seen that movie several times. But it also was nominated for Best Screenplay, nominated for Best Director, and then he goes on to do Traffic, and then he does Ocean's Eleven. So he's in the middle of an interesting three-film skid here, and I point that out to say it came out two years before Italian Job. My big, my biggest takeaway from watching these movies back-to-back is that Ocean's Eleven has a sheen to it that is very modern to me. Like, it works. Like It does it, look really if good. You were very stylish. Take, if you were to take this movie and fast-forward it 40 years, pretend there's no original, like there's no Frank Sinatra version, and back it up 40 years, it would work. Forty years ago, you fast forward to today; it still has a look to it. I think it would still work. It might be a little dated, but it, Italian Job A borrows from it a lot. The music, the house music's very similar that they use. The the high style, the introducing each member with their caveats and their specialties. Oh my gosh,
1: the they, introducing the member thing—that was where in each movie I had to yeah, like struggle to stay it, engaged.
0: Italian Job borrowed hard. They had to have a relationship between the leader and you know, uh, you know, the lost relationship element or whatever. It borrows hard, but Italian Job is two years older, and I know that's not a ton of time, but it still feels more dated to me than its predecessor, Ocean's Eleven. And I think one of these films works in any decade, and I think it's Ocean's Eleven.
2: Yeah, there is a style and a sleekness to Ocean's Eleven that captures the essence of modern Las Vegas, I think in a a, a way that most movies haven't done. It is pretty
1: timeless. Uh, That's one thing about that Mm -hmm. remake, is it's really...
2: The thing that dates both of these movies is the tech. Mm -hmm. As anything from the early 2000s, they were tech slap-happy. They really were. were. like they love to talk about computers and devices and phones. It was like a was, new well, storytelling mechanism that had
1: explored. It got portable, like yeah. realistically portable for the first time. And so carrying it around and having it, you know, re- like laptops that could actually do some work and mobile phones that were capable of taking photos and things, you know, however shitty they were. It was the first time like high tech was really portable.
0: Yeah, it's always funny when you go back and it's funny because we have Seth Green, an Italian job, and he plays basically the same person in Enemy of the State, and we covered that. And in both movies, you know, he's driving in the old tech. And it's even worse than Enemy of the State when they're like,
2: 360, spin it. Yeah, spin it. We got to look at the bag. You know, <laughs> zoom in, zoom in, enhance, yeah, and he's
0: sitting
1: in a van laughing the
0: whole You're, time. like, <laughs> look at that. Actually, thinking back to that just made me even appreciate your point more. The way they drone in on this tech in these earlier <laughs> movies when they're just now burgeoning, people aren't even really carrying cell phones around in a, on a regular basis. So like, once he gets in that data center, they're like, you know, like, oh, we got to do this. You know? yeah. <laughs> they're just
1: so
2: obsessed with their minor tech. Well, I think it was at a time when we were like. We we were, we, as the audience, we we're like, whoa, is that possible? It might be. Yeah. And now yep. we're at a play, we're like, that's not fucking real. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we, we had zoomed like, into a yeah. shopping bag. Like, it just caught the audience at a time when there was a lot of like buy in.
0: Yeah. Mm, Ocean's Eleven didn't do itself any service by borrowing the Mission Impossible laser thing. Mm. Which is, you know, when you think of the. Oh, that's a
2: good point. When you think of it the first. It was very similar.
0: When you think of the first Mission Impossible, my first visual is Tom Cruise descending through the lasers. Even though it's not the same exact thing, I saw it and I'm like, Really, you couldn't think of another device device than the stupid lasers from Mission Impossible. I mean, how many movies have had lasers that the protagonist has to wheel about, their way through? How
1: about in Resident Evil where the lasers slice you into pieces? That's awesome. You that ever is seen awesome. that movie?
0: I have. And you know what? I just read James Cameron actually, one of his top movies of all time is Resident Evil. Isn't that crazy? I'm not
1: gonna lie. It is Isn't that wild? It is way better than it should be. If you've mm. never seen, have you ever seen it? Yeah, I love it's, it. It's actually really good. I mean what? it's yeah, it's dude, fun. not gonna lie. It's like, it's a lot of fun. It's one of those movies that you're like this is like a Saturday night get stoned off your ass and, and drunk at the same time and maybe mm. I'll be able to get through it. And then it's good for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand why it's good. Like the cast isn't good, the acting isn't good, it kind of looks shitty, but it's a good movie. It also did like, no one in this movie. It exactly. exactly. It's Mila not Doverman. like well she
0: became something. I mean, that put her on the map. Yeah. Um, it didn't kowtow to the video game. Like it borrowed it, it no, but it did was didn't,
1: like totally
2: in its yeah, own world. It
0: totally did. So those those match up
2: Tomb Raider versus Resident Evil. <laughs> you know what? That's
1: a, that's actually a great matchup.
0: We should do that. Rando's eleven. Here we go. You ready for some randos? All right, ocean of randos. Here we go. Yes. Oh my, uh, actor Livingston Dell, which when we were prepping for the podcast, we all got a kick out of just saying Livingston Dell over and over down. again. It's like the, go
1: by Liv If you introduce Liv. yourself as Livingston Dell, I feel like you just deserve a backhand. Each Either time. that,
0: or you're the heir to the Grey Poupon Mustard Company. I mean, you are.
2: <laughs>
0: you are you are benefiting yes. from someone's inheritance. Yeah. If you're. My name is is Livingston Dell of the Mustard Family. (laughs) The Mustard Family. (laughs) Either that or he's a permeated uh, Clue character in the game.
2: Livingston Dell. Livingston is a really extra first name. Livingston. In the parlor with the candelabra. (laughs) Livingston Dell. It does sound like a character from Clue Livingston. Killed
0: Mrs. Plum with a candlestick Mm, in the Grey Poupon factory. (laughs) And then...
1: (laughs) He fucked
0: a corpse. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh no! Resident Evil makes future, him a turn. Future Phil, yeah. Future Phil, slice. It future
1: Dell. So Eddie
0: Jameson, our computer nerd, played by Livingston Dell. He got the role in Ocean's Eleven, but Soderbergh forgot to inform him, and so this is hilarious. No one told him. Livingston Dell came in to audition for another role, which was a, which was a much lesser role, having no idea that he already had gotten in a role as the Eleven, and he didn't even think he had a shot at being in the Eleven. The casting director told him, he "Was like, you can't audition for this role." And He's like, why? He's like, well, you got the other role that you auditioned for. Did Steve not tell you? There's only 10 Oceans. (laughs) Yeah, there's only 10. There's only 10 11s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, completely forgot. So he tried to audition for a lesser role again. Didn't get it because he already was part of the 11. So in the dog scene, there's a little bit of CGI trickery. So they had to hire this dog trainer last minute. And he trained these dogs with specific numbers because the number four was the dog that Saul was supposed to bet on in the scene, dog number four. Well, he misheard. And so the wrong dog won. And so they had to have a loser that corresponded. So the last dog that comes in way behind is a CGI dog. It's fake. And they only did it because the dog trainer was completely out of the loop and it was last minute. and so. Wow. One wow. of those dogs is not real. What? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a dog and pony show, honestly. <laughs> At the time, I was like, that's a cool rando, but now I'm like, "Yeah, give or take. Shabo Ken, who plays Yin the Grease Man, he was a huge star in China, um, but he had never acted before in his life, and he also didn't speak English, so he had to have, they used nonverbal cues, and he apparently Soderbergh says he nailed it perfectly every time. So, like, what they would do is they would have someone, like, give him a cue, and then he would respond with a noise or a Chinese word or an insult, and the only way they were able to communicate with him on set was through the translator, but he had no idea what it <laughs> Anybody was saying
2: the, the Honestly The only time I laughed out loud In that whole movie Was when they Finally got in there To like rescue him Or whatever And he goes The fuck you been <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Is so that what funny. he said Yeah The fuck you been Oh mm-hmm. it was so funny Yeah and you make, You also
0: make a great point Both of these movies Could have used Like just a skosh More comedic relief Like I feel like They're, they're both A little light on laughs Yeah yeah
2: But that moment Crushed me It always mm-hmm. A, a well placed F-bomb In a PG-13 movie Always hits Because you, you can only use One F-word in a PG-13 movie, so.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. Dude, Kyle, you smell so good that this whole room smells I know.
2: I
0: think I did seven sprays. I usually do five, but I forgot. Jesus (laughs) Christ. What are you wearing? It's Plur. It's It's a clean cologne. It's an organic cologne, and I've reached out to them to sponsor our podcast.
1: Are you serious? Stay stay in. Well, sponsor our shit, man, because Kyle's Mm -hmm. making this whole studio smell amazing. So Soderbergh,
0: one thing he regretted in the commentary, because I think the commentary was done, like, a couple years later, and he says one thing he regrets is the wipe transition, so if you know anything about film editing, there's transitions Right, usually it's just a hard cut where you go to the next scene, or maybe oh, a black fade. Like the,
2: the screen just like flies off to the side. Yes, but there's all these
0: wipes and blurs. And he said the reason he did that because he was watching a ton of uh, Nick at Night on TV and watching all these really old TV shows like Green Acres. He was obsessed with those shows at the time, and so he like borrowed from all those shows that used those cheesy huh. old transitions. So he used them in the movie, but he totally regrets it.
2: It didn't age well.
0: Yeah, I don't like the wipes,
2: but it's a style. I mean, the whole thing, like like you said, the introductions of each character is kind of like a. It's a thing. It's a gimmick.
0: Those are like what you using corporate PowerPoints.
1: You know what I mean? Wipes and stuff. That's like, like, dude, in like, yeah. our sales figure for the year, iMovie and-, <laughs> iMovie and Keynote like cemented those. You remember? Apple was like, we're going to take over the presentation scene with smit transitions. And I hate yeah. it because people
0: just felt so good in corporate settings when yeah. they did that. They were like, this is going to And the really- whole
1: room applauded and they were like, look, yeah, yeah, Jimmy learned how to use the transitions. Let's promote them. Stupid. <laughs> Let's
0: promote yeah. so Jimmy. So many
1: people running companies these days because they use the fucking transitions. Transitions.
0: So everyone talks a lot about how Brad Pitt eats. He eats in a lot of movies. He apparently does it because he gets bored and doesn't, He what he says is he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Like, he's just like, I eat because I don't want to, I'm doing these takes and I don't know what to do with my hands. So he eats to kind of make up for it. And directors are apparently great with it because he looks like a Greek god. Apparently most actors, I didn't know this, they use stunt doubles for eating because I guess the actors don't want to like get full or anything. So they have doubles that eat for them. I didn't know this was a thing until,
1: yeah. <laughs> Can we call them what they are? They're not stunt doubles guys. They're food bitches. They're their food double. Can I also like, get that well, job? They're definitely, get my...
2: they're definitely doubling in size as they're standing <laughs>
1: that's in That's what I'm saying. Can I have my food bitch eat for me? Yeah, I want I just this job. My yeah. fat ass, get in here.
0: I want this job. I will take one for the actor. I will take one for the team. You'll be
1: Brad Pitt's food double? I would love yeah. to.
0: I mean, I look just like him. It's very obvious. It's an obvious it's true. match. You smell
1: just like him, that's for damn sure.
0: And, and they had the shrimp cocktail. So, you know, shrimp cocktail is kind of spicy, kind of heavy. Oh, I love a good shrimp khaki. <laughs> and so he was like, no, I'll eat because Brad kept eating. So he's like, do you want to eat the shrimp cocktail during the scene? He's like, absolutely. And so Brad Pitt ate 40 shrimp cocktails for, during 40 takes of that scene. And without. And Soderbergh uses the phrase without flinching. <laughs> he said Brad Pitt just kept hammering some shrimp cocktail. And he just kept eating it. 40 takes eats 40 shrimp cocktails. I mean, it's co- pretty damn good. Yeah, shrimp
2: cocktail's amazing.
1: That's, if you don't eat it, it just goes bad. So, like, why not? Well, it's a
2: lot of protein. I mean,
1: yeah, a lot yeah. of protein. I'm sure
2: he lifted yeah. like crazy that morning. It was like, fuck it. And he
1: that's really needs saying. it, too. All right,
0: Italian randos. rando. Jobs. jobs. Really?
2: Yeah.
0: Pew, 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 pew. This will be cool for you, Phil, because you're a car guy, but a famous ex-British ex-champion of Formula One driving trained the actors and trained Jason Statham on all the racing scenes. His name was Damien or Damon Hill.
1: Nice. I don't
0: know him, but he was a real Formula One. So that was the trainer for all of the uh, driving on this side of the Dude, Italian Jason job. Jason
1: Statham is in some really great car films.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to this in casting, but he was, to me, was the, the most relief and the biggest dynamic differentiator. I in the movie
1: similar to my inexplicable love for Fast and the Furious I have the same level of inexplicable love for Jason Statham yeah. he's not a great actor <laughs> he's not like terribly he's convincing in any way he talks a lot he's yeah. my name's Chief Chili you know? I like him but, too but like he's fu- he's just fun he's like the personification of what I love about Fast and the Furious and Italian Job and all these crazy films
0: and who's done more for your, your race and I don't mean the Cuban race I mean the bald race who's done who's more also
1: in Furious 7
0: who's done more for your people than uh, he
1: does honestly like, the funny thing about him in, in Italian ball, Job yeah. is how... It's a pit bull. Oh, oh yeah, that's Pit bull, yeah, he did. No, he's you know, done a lot for burn victims. He's like victims. me. He's short. He's Cuban. You know. He looks like a burn victim to me. Yeah, but he's a lot like me, though. He's short. He's Cuban. He, he thinks true. really highly of himself, like that kind of shit. No, but Jason Statham <laughs> in Italian Job, he was rocking, like, the horseshoe baldness, which that takes balls. As a guy, you know, like those of us who shave our heads, we do it for a reason. You know, we it's because we lost our hair at a young age, and we didn't mm-hmm. want to look like somebody you didn't want to see walking around the playground and so we started shaving our heads and Jason Statham just let the horseshoe develop in that mm-hmm. film and, and that motherfucker pulls it off I like him he's jealous just, he's so it's so mm-hmm. weird I, I would never
0: say he's like one of my favorite actors he's in movies that I don't like but it doesn't matter I always like him
1: he's great <laughs> I he's, always he's like him another one he's a movie star yeah he's no Arnold but he's a movie mm-hmm. star he's a modern
0: modern action yeah. guy anyway tying off that Rando apparently according to Jason Statham Charlize Theron was the absolute best driver among them and it wasn't close there was one actor though that needed more driving lessons, and that was Most Deaf, also known as Yaslin Bay, because he didn't. He lived in New York City and didn't ever need to drive or have a driver's license, so he needed a little little extra work. I liked him in this movie.
1: Yeah, he was good. The, uh, the I uh,
2: said I had a bad experience. That actually, and I'm deaf.
1: <laughs> That's so true. That was a funny moment. This is the best rando, and we'll close
0: out. Or actually, no, there is one other that might be just as good as this. But the so the scene where they say Seth Green's character Lyle invented Napster in yes. college. And his roommate stole it. So the guy that rips the floppy disk out of his computer is Sean Fanning, the actual creator of Napster. How did I miss that? You don't see his face; you just see his arm. That's why. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, they got Sean Fanning, the actual inventing uh, inventor of Napster, to do it. So last rando here, Napster randos. No, this isn't a Napster rando. So Edward Norton made it very clear that this film was the result of a contractual obligation. He had a three-film deal with Paramount, of which one consisted *Primal Fear*, which was considered his breakthrough film, and uh, and he was apparently he chastised people on set. He was not, he didn't participate. He was very, he just wasn't a nice dude yeah, um, on honestly set. Honestly doesn't surprise me. Either. And Norton, so Norton got a gift from the director uh after the film was done, and he returned the gift with a note to the director that said, give this note to someone you actually like or someone who actually likes you. Um He was wow. very hostile. He didn't want to do this movie, which actually shows in his performance. I yeah, would agree. Definitely a contractual obligation here. Yeah, that's when
1: you know your head's way up your own ass. Mm-hmm.
0: It's the mustache. It was definitely the power of the mustache. What a
2: cack. And Is that, it, no, he has a reputation for this, right?
0: Yeah, he's got a little bit of that.
2: Like he, That's why he got replaced as Hulk. Oh, really? Is that the other than Is the that fact the fact that he sucked? No, that's not why they replaced him. They replaced him because he wanted to take other liberty. He disagreed with his character and wanted to take it a different direction. They're like, well, this is what we're doing.
1: What if Hulk was smaller but blue? They had, cre- like, no.
2: <laughs> they had creative differences, so he basically took his ball and went home. But that's up there for one
1: of the biggest like failures as an actor.
2: The Hulk thing? Yeah, because little did he know, the MCU, Marvel was going to be, become the biggest fucking thing on the planet. Dude, pride
1: comes before the fall. Like, he was, I mean, and not how much Mark shit... Ruffalo's
2: over here just, like, getting paid tens of millions of dollars to just show up and wear like a
1: suit, you know, in yeah. a and, and honestly, suit. though, after that Hulk movie, how much obscurity did Edward Norton fall into? Like, he wasn't really in, yeah. in that much shit. Like, he was just recently in Glass Onion, and he was still his, like, cocky ass self in that movie. He did like, really well in Moonlight Street...
0: Kingdom, uh, with uh, the Wes Anderson movie with Bruce Willis, um, and all the usual Wes Anderson's, but he's really good at I'm that.
1: I've not seen that. It's... Is that good? Good. One of Wes right. Anderson's best. I love Wes Anderson. So. Me too. Yeah, oh, he's yeah.
0: he's really good. It's a dramatic role. He was actually really good in it. Like, I remember his performance
1: was memorable to me. Yeah, well, it's good. I'm glad. I, I've always liked him as an actor. I didn't know he was such a dick. Shall we
0: heist? Let's! After my worst randos ever. My worst rando. It was those re- bad. I'm those just, were good. N- it wasn't the randos. It was me. It's not the randos. It's me. It's not heist,
1: you. Hi, heist, heist. 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 Heist.
0: Top
2: Bill Cash. Give me that top Bill Cash. Maybe the iPad will save us from my awful shitty randos. You guys ready for a. A loop a loopy. Can, can you guess the highest paid actor in the italian job
0: uh would that be mark walberg donald sutherland
2: donald
1: fucking yeah. are you serious <laughs> that actually that makes sense
0: because mark Wahlberg wasn't he was still becoming mark wahlberg and charlie theron was relatively new i
2: just couldn't believe how young
1: they. edward norton had a
2: mustache can you guess the fifth highest paid actor in the italian <laughs> job jason statham oh really love it my boy. So it's tough. I'm going to do the, just the top three of who I consider Love it. the stars of these Love two Love it. Italian Job, Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, Edward Norton, Ocean's Eleven, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Julia Roberts. Hey. This,
0: this, my comments are going to apply to both supporting and top bill. Italian Job suffers from a complete lack of dynamic. Every, every actor and every actor in that movie has done good work. Edward Norton was very dynamic in Fight Club. Um, Charlize Theron goes on to do more dynamic work Mark Wahlberg never really changes but he has comedic tones he adds comedy to his tool belt over time I, but there's nothing There's just it wasn't really there yet they're super dry they're, and, and to me Jason Statham was the comedic relief Seth Green tried but he was just being very Seth Greeny <laughs> I know it's a weird comment but I'm just like okay he, whatever Seth he Green is a,
1: he is a certain vibe
0: he is I loved what Jason Statham he's did he's a but mouse again, yeah he's got yeah, kind of mousy it's like a mouse that lives mm-hmm. yeah. next
2: door on a computer
0: exactly <laughs> so yeah anyway but Statham is in supporting cast so I can't really say that for top bill so I do go George Clooney I do think even though Ocean's Eleven isn't necessarily a great film I do love the dynamic between Pitt and Clooney I think they're funny it kept the movie going because both of these movies really are centered around the Super Bowl which is that master heist that main heist so you're just mm-hmm. it feels like everything else was just working backwards from that can we just get to the heist Ocean's Eleven did a better job building around that every opportunity they had for a punchline or for a sense of comedy they took advantage of and I thought I thought the top bill cast a great in Ocean's Eleven, so I go with Ocean's.
2: To me, Ocean's Eleven, you got Clooney and Pitt and Roberts. I mean, they're in the top 100 actors of all time. I mean, they're just they all could carry their own movie. And yeah. uh, in this movie specifically, to your point Kyle, there, there's way more dynamics. There's like, it's way more engaging. Like each actor really like, Pitt is just chewing up every scene that he's in with this style and the mm-hmm. che- like chewing literally and phys- like meta- <laughs> met- metaphorically. Such a good point. And Clooney's just like owning it the way he's just Kind of a badass boss, like I don't know. It's just way more charisma dripping out of every scene from those three than uh, Italian job. I mean, Charlie's is great. It felt like th- this was the rookie year mm-hmm. for all these people, almost. You know, yeah. like, obviously there there were- some bad picks, and bad reads, forced it into
0: coverage a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
2: it was a good, it was a good. It was Russell Wilson's second year. You know, it was a great, great outing. Mm-hmm. But- like
0: we have Donald Southern, Sutherland, who's Marshawn Lynch, and kind of carry <laughs> Russell <laughs> right. Legion of Boom. So we have just good, taking dude. this all the way. So good,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> love it. So, yeah, I'll go Ocean's Eleven. I love that. I love that, though, that Rick, you're always good for a good sport. <clears throat> Thank you. philskis
1: I'm with you guys, man. Ocean's Eleven was, it was just, even though I personally enjoyed Italian Job more on this watch through, Ocean's Eleven's leading people were just, there was, they had a lot more swag. I felt like, man, Clooney and Pitt in that movie were just, like, you want to look at, I don't know, white dude swag in a film. Like, mm-hmm. they just had it on <laughs> fucking lock. White dude swag. Like, really they really did. There are few pairings that are stronger in that Clooney Pit situation. So I go Ocean's Eleven well just said. because like, I don't know, they brought a vibe and they made Ocean's Eleven far better than it should have been. Whereas Italian Job, I, I say this a lot on our episodes, but you can probably swap out a lot of those lead actors and get roughly the same result because mm. it was a cool story, but like it didn't, the performances didn't really dominate there. It was mostly just kind of about the intrigue of the story and, and the situation. And But man, the the performances really made Ocean's Eleven so I'll go oh one one yeah that was the,
2: the that was the thing with Ocean's Eleven. It was like when it came out, I just remember the, the kind of the impression from at least people in my sphere was like, holy shit! Like everyone who matters in Hollywood decided to make a movie together,
1: and it's just so, like that was fun. kind of the thing. Yeah. It was like Damon right. and
2: Clooney and Pitt and Julia Roberts and Andy Garcia and Bernie Mac, and like it was just like what the fuck? Everybody like, this so is like these were all at, and they were all like at the peak of their powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so,
0: and it kind of felt. Like they ran out of people. It's like, well, we got to get Bernie Mac now because we're out of actors. Like, we get who else are we gonna go to? We got to get a comedian. <laughs> That's what they yeah. always do. By the way, they get a comedian or a musician if <laughs> they can't afford anybody else.
1: Notice uh, that it was good though. That's I mean, a good they, point. Yeah, they they made that movie. They made that movie more than the sum of its parts. Like it was mm-hmm. good because they were good, not so much because it was like this groundbreaking script. One
0: I mean. thing I don't want to glaze over before we move on, and I, I should have done a better job of this earlier, but we I don't think Julia Roberts gets enough praise. I know that she's not necessarily Although later in her later years, like I think of August Osage County, the movie she did with Meryl Streep, she has shown a lot more range. But she is someone that has delivered some iconic roles. And I know I I try not to use the word iconic too much, but Pretty Woman, and then she wins Best Actress for Aaron Brockovich with Steven Soderbergh the year before that. She kind of rolls into this movie with you said swag with some. Swag into this oh, movie. She there's a confidence
1: I mean, in her character, a sexiness. of Ocean's Eleven mm-hmm. had a fuck ton of mm-hmm. swag.
0: Exactly. And I, I love the amount of cachet Julie Roberts carries with her. She never has to do a lot, but she has maybe it's because she's tall. I don't know what it is. I mean, she just has a persona that really projects a confidence that I love in, in just basically any movie she's in.
1: Except for Hook, anyway.
0: You didn't like her in Hook? I did like her in Hook, but Wait, there's she no played, swag t- in that she movie. She played Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. It took me a minute to remember who she was. She's yeah.
1: kind of a petulant child in that movie.
0: Yeah, and she had short hair. Her red hair is her. Her her long red hair is her thing. Her crown.
1: Best supporting cast there. We're going to Austin, August,
0: Osage
2: County to meet Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts. I guess we can do this. (laughs) Italian I mean, we kind of covered it, but. Italian cast. Uh, (laughs) Donald Sutherland. Jason Statham. Seth Green. Most Deaf. We'll stop there. Ocean's Eleven. I mean, everyone else in Hollywood. Matt Damon. Bernie Mac. Andy Garcia. Elliot Gould. Casey Affleck. Scott Kahn. Uh, We'll stop there. Can we just talk?
0: about how Matt Damon keeps Trojan-horsing his way onto this damn podcast. <laughs> My God. Like, you, he, he's so, he's just like so Trojan-horsing. He's, he's so deep into the cast list on this Who movie. Who is this Scott
2: Conn. No, Matt no, Damon. Matt,
0: Matt he oh. just keeps fucking
1: his, Kyle's arch nemesis yeah, over there. He
0: just keeps fucking remember you, like, and, you oh, and the oh,
1: fucking oh. dude from Jimmy, uh, oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. That his, his like elevator operator or whatever that he has on, he's like, he, yeah, he song, identities. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs>
0: he just keeps, if I would have remembered he was on the cast in this movie, I'd be like, no, we can't do Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> and I saw him in the movie, I'm like, damn it, he's Kyle's in this movie. Kyle's arch
2: nemesis. Before you start, I was gonna say, one 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 of these days I'm gonna show up with some next gen stats and some analytics and yes! cr- crunch some numbers and run through, like, who's, like, the the most appearances of directors, actors, yes. actresses. Like, I love it. Just, like, who's really uh, owning this podcast? That feels
0: fitting for a Movie Wars podcast. It's statistics. It's like a, it's like a football match. Yeah, we should cover this. Yeah. Ooh, who's a really... A football
1: match? I like your... international football awareness there (laughs) using mixing terms what what sport are we talking about football or football (laughs) anyway very um, fitting I'm gonna go against the grain here because I feel like the layup is Ocean's Eleven but I'm gonna go Italian Job because I think the supporting cast of that movie was really memorable and really fun Handsome Rob is a great character Most Def was just fucking fun as hell he was Seth Green you could roll that guy up into a ball and drop (laughs) kick him across the goddamn neighborhood but he was <laughs> he was enjoyable in that movie. I really enjoyed the supporting cast in, in Italian Job versus Ocean's Eleven. Like, Ocean's Eleven, that's a... Not debatably, that is a great supporting cast. I'm mostly going for, like, Flash versus Staying Power here. I just enjoyed the supporting cast in Italian Job more, and I, I think there are a bunch of really underrated guys who did a really great job, and I go the TIJ.
2: To me, Italian Job, the supporting cast was almost like parodies of themselves. Like, they were like cliches. Like, Seth Green is like the most obnoxious nerd everybody knows. An an obnoxious computer geek like him. Statham felt like he was just being Jason Statham. Yeah. Just like, he's just Statham all over the place. Like,
0: (laughs) you love him. He's your hero.
2: Donald Sutherland was just that crotchety old dad figure. Like, I don't know. (sighs) That didn't do much for me. To me, Ocean's Eleven, you've got Andy Garcia, I thought played a fantastic Las Vegas mogul. Like, he was like so Good. Dialed into his hotel. He knew everything that was happening. Uh, you know, the Yen, yen the guy that played the the dude avoiding the, the lasers and stuff. Like such a creative character. Like what a fun way to execute a heist by slipping a, t- a five foot one guy in there who can do like gymnastics. Like, I don't know. It's just to me, it was a much more creative supporting cast. I would even agree with that. even uh Damon, who you hate, I thought was he really did the like that scene when he's like dressed up and 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 uh Pitts like coaching him, like, no, don't look at me don't look up no don't act but you know play it cool but oh no but be confident like he was like kind of coaching him and he was responding with every like critique I thought it was just so well done Um, so I was a big fan of Ocean's Eleven cast and uh, to me that was like one of the selling points of the movie is how the supporting cast was extraordinary so I'll go Ocean's Eleven
0: again great analysis and I love that the Garcia call out because Garcia he was like a he was almost like a Scarface Brian De Palma cut out mm, in the way yeah. he managed yeah. that and I felt like it was very vintage as, as much as they tried not to allude back to the old one. One. I feel like they did such a good job capturing some vintage vibes because of the Vegas feel. I feel like they did a great job mm-hmm. here, and I think that's one thing we can't credit Ocean's Eleven with. I'm I'm not going to go with Italian job. The reason I almost did was it, it was a very unusual case where the supporting cast upstaged
1: the I lead, agree. leading cast. I do agree like, with that.
2: Well, it, to be fair, this category structure doesn't really serve Ocean's Eleven. It's an ensemble. It's movie. a true,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. quality ensemble. It's
2: not classic. a leading guy, leading lady. It,
1: well, I, I will say this to your point. It's a rare situation where there is a clear-cut leading man or leading men, but they also blend so seamlessly with the ensemble cast that the lines are just kind of not there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you know George Clooney is like the dude, but the whole cast is just so damn good also. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think I think I was thinking about too. I don't know, I don't really I'm not super familiar with F Gary Gray, the director of Italian Job. Um but Friday is probably his most acclaimed film, the movie with Chris Tucker, the comedy. And
1: F. Gary. Very great great movie, yeah, hilarious movie is one of my faves.
0: And when you look through his filmography, um, he did a lot of directing with R and B uh, music videos, live uh, like live hip hop concerts, like that makes up a lot, which is awesome. I don't feel like he wanted to direct actors here. Like I think he's always had such big personalities. Like when you have Ice Cube and Chris Tucker on set, you have like just huge personalities on set. But here we have Wahlberg, some relatively new up and coming actors, a very pissed off Edward Norton. Yeah, like, I just don't think he was directing actors here, and I think it, it gives the supporting cast an opportunity to shine, but kind of along the lines of what Drew said, I do think this is one of Matt Damon's better roles. I really enjoyed it. I loved what Bernie Mac did. He got nothing but praise from the directors. They were kind of thinking he was going to be a risk coming onto this film because he hadn't <clears throat> done a lot of film. Apparently, he was the most professional guy on set. Did a great job. Loved Andy Garcia. Um, I, it's I, To me, it's a layup for Ocean's Eleven.
1: Dude, F. Gary Gray is only 53.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's done a ton of work. I just don't think he... I mean, Right now? F-
1: yes, right now. At this he moment? So he was like my age when he directed, or like younger. He was like he was 32 30. when he did Italian job. That's pretty fucking impressive. But not
0: to shit on him. Friday. Is he
1: also a- did. Dude, he did Friday when he was trying to do the math here. That was almost 20? 30 years ago in his 20s. That can't be right. Yeah, 1969. He's 53. on um, Friday came out what? Early 90s. 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came- that's impressive, 26? man. Good for him. Good for him. And, and dude, Friday. If anyone who hasn't seen the Friday trilogy, they're great. They're very. There are good. three of them. I love those movies. The second one called. Saturday? Saturday? no it's Friday next <laughs> Friday and then Friday after next they're hilarious they're really them. good I love them
0: oceans 11 two to zero we got three more categories here we're doing five tonight instead of seven um thought we were doing 11. I thought <laughs> we were well, doing 11
1: that would be funny if we were to speed round just speed round yeah. speed running what's better Italy or the ocean ah, they're both great because they both serve each other ah, you know <laughs> this category I
0: mean this category originally appeared in the departed versus heat the best use of the ensemble so this is different than cast because we're, we're assessing the tiers of t- cast, but this is which film did made more use of their high-powered
2: cast? Ocean's Eleven, next. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, sorry,
1: yeah. I mean, that is one of the ultimate ensemble cast films is Ocean's Eleven. Italian Job, it's good, I mean, like to your point earlier, supporting cast possibly upstaged or like equal to the leading people in Ocean's, or in a Italian job, but Ocean's Eleven is just, for all its bizarreness, it's a really well, it's, yeah, complete it, ensemble it's situation.
2: Not cl- it's not close. Ocean's Eleven at the time, mm-hmm. Julia Roberts was Oscar winner, A-lister. Mm-hmm. At the time, yeah. Clooney, A-lister. Mm-hmm. Pitt, A-lister. Damon, even at that time, A-lister.
1: A-lister mm-hmm. yep.
2: And even then, like, far more than now, Andy Garcia was a pretty big deal then. Mm-hmm. Lister! Like, it was a bit, like, that was a bit, that cast was insane. Yeah. At the time, Italian job, I mean, Wahlberg's a big deal now, but mm-hmm. he wasn't then. Mm-hmm. Theron was a big deal, is a big deal now, but she wasn't then. Like, that cast was no- nothing to write home about. That that's why it was such a surprise good movie. That's why yeah. people liked it. It was not marketed highly. It just was like, it was kind of like The Matrix. It's like, nobody thought The Matrix was going to be good. It, was. it just <laughs> was a cultural phenomenon. It's the same yep. thing. Like, everybody fell in love with this Charlize girl, and the car was awesome, and Wahlberg was like that l- charming dude next door, and that, it just kind of like took on this yeah. like cult thing. So is, to is me, anyone Ocean's out there
1: eating at Wahlburgers and can give a comprehensive review? Drop it on the Facebook page. I have anyone. eaten
2: at Wahlburgers. You have? Mm-hmm. Is it good? It's very just fine. Like a burger, is that Mark like Wahlberg a short? Joint, yeah. Like
1: Fuddruckers? Yeah, it's
2: yes, exactly. It's very just like if you ever eaten to no like idea. a California Pizza Kitchen In a mall. It's that, but burgers.
1: Huh. That's a perfect California
2: comparison. Wahlberg yeah. kitchen. You
0: know, <laughs> all I know is that I keep getting Instagram ads for this Catholic prayer app that Mark Wahlberg is a part of, and he keeps talking about getting prayed up and staying prayed up. I'm just like, all right, bro. <laughs> I'm just like, why is Mark Wahlberg telling oh, me to pray? Yeah, to yeah, yeah. The why do I keep <laughs> Father, saying these? Father Stew? I'm not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> just like stop showing me these ads. All you Course gotta it's do awesome. is
1: five hail marys. That's all you gotta do. And you gotta say hello to your mother. Course five hail marys. It,
0: it also keeps showing me. <laughs> what is me, happening? It also keeps showing me TRT and ketamine ads. So apparently I'm depressed, need prayer, and I can't get a heart on. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the plants, Kyle. It's so. the it's the trees. They're releasing spores into the air, and they're making you crazy.
0: It's funny. I mean, eventually you just start to believe you need it. You get in that you get in that app long enough, like maybe I can't get hard on. It was hard yesterday, but
1: yeah, today's a different. <laughs> story. Today's the beginning of the end. We're all going <laughs> off the cliff. Anyway. You can cut that out. <laughs> That's Don't a good it. bit. Is that your nah, bit? I just it made out. it up. That's a good
2: bit. That's, That's a, good a great
1: bit, bit and now you know, I get so many stings. emails, I'm
2: starting to believe them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm starting hey. to believe them. Maybe I do need ketamine. <laughs> I was making love to my wife the other night yeah. and I thought of those emails and I couldn't get it up. But yeah. I was like, all of a
0: sudden I was like, I need testosterone! <laughs> you take a risk when you employ a bunch of A-listers in one movie. It paid off here and I think one thing that Steven Soderbergh, one of the best things he does is rhythm. And Ocean's Eleven is a rhythm movie. The music moves, Moves, the bebopping back and forth, the punchlines back and forth. Even though they're not trying to replicate the Rat Pack, it feels like how the Rat Pack would have a conversation at dinner, you know, 100%. the, the and scatting. And I love how they do that in this movie. And, and I think the ensemble plays off. I think everybody delivers too. Bernie Mac. And then uh, I wish I could remember all the older actors name, but the guy that plays Saul. Lyman um, Zerga. Elliot Gould. He's is unbelievable. A freaking treasure. He's so good. I meant to
2: mention him in my supporting cast. He was electric at the pool with his like freaking robe and his glasses. Glasses, like he just so yeah. much charisma. Mr. He's, Zerga. Multiple chains in a
1: row. And just Dude. the fact
2: that he was like kind of shitting on their idea the whole time until they mentioned who it was, and it was a guy that he hates, and he was like, I'm in
1: Alpha pimp status. And
0: there this cat this cast is so deep we didn't mention Casey Affleck and Scott Conn. I mean I will forever, every time I think Scott Conn, the first thing I think of is, and we've talked about putting this in a matchup, varsity blues. He plays tweeter and he, he sings that song with the bat on his on his shoulder. I she broke my heart, mm-hmm. so I broke
2: her jaw. Wow. He was <laughs> also fantastic in Entourage. If you ever watched, he
0: that
2: movie was show. so good. And uh, everyone is fantastic. <laughs> and he's in been Entourage. on CSI or really? one of those
0: network TV shows for like yeah, twenty now years. he's got like
2: a Blue Bloods, <laughs> Vegas, or Blue whatever Bloods. he's on. My mother-in-law loved
0: Blue Bloods and the James Spader yes, show, the list. Oh God, Blacklist. Blacklist. So I used yeah. to every time she comes to my house, I go, "Did you watch the Blue List this week? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Did you watch the Blue List? <laughs> Black Bloods?" <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
0: and she's like. I've never seen it. I do love James Spader. Spader!
1: Spader barely neutered her. Barely shoveled her.
0: (laughs) It is three to zero. (laughs) It is three to zero. We are loving old fashions today, and uh, we have an old-fashioned beatdown going on right now with the three to seven. <laughs> nice. Ocean's Eleven, three to zero. Which crew are you joining? You got to go on a heist. You need a paycheck. You're gonna, you want to get your millions. Danny Ocean. Well, let's stro- do the
2: math here. What was the math on the, uh... okay, so there were seven of them splitting 30 million in an Italian job, and there was 11 splitting, do you remember, Phil? What was the math in Ocean's Eleven? What were they going after? 163
0: million. 163. So does that mean that in the original Oceans 11, they were going for like 800000 with inflation and all? Did <laughs> they calculate that? We're, we're splitting 800000 <laughs> 11 ways. I don't know if they did that math. You can buy a pink Cadillac
1: with that. It says they each got away with about $11 million in cash in Oceans
2: Okay, so that's But
1: significantly- you got to measure
0: risk, too, because if we remember anything from our friends in the film Casino, it is not good business trying to steal from Let's a casino. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm
1: just trying to
2: play my... Yeah, you got to play the odds and the math. I'll still go Italian job because I'm just... I don't think I'm sexy enough to hang with the Ocean's Eleven
0: You're crew. such a good citizen that you're, like, considering the tax implications of stealing well, at- money. I'll go next. I have... So you're going Ocean's Eleven? I'm going Italian job. You're going Italian but job. So I'd
2: rather be. Mm. Part
0: of. To me, it's, it's two things. Leadership... <laughs> It's all about, you know, who gives the better TED Talk here. No, I think Danny is is funnier, but he just got out of prison. Is he rusty? You know, has he done anything in a while? What happened to him in prison? What kind of connections did he make? There's a lot of questions there. He's also funny. He's slick. He's kind of selling you, but even though I made fun of Mark Wahlberg for not being a very dynamic, dynamic actor <laughs> earlier, as a character, as someone who's trying to steal money to make my, you know, to make my payday and make my living, I appreciate the kind of the dry... I don't feel like he's trying to sell me anything whereas if I'm, like, trying to get a high job, I feel like maybe Danny Ocean's trying to sell me on something. Sell me on a bill of goods. So that, and I just think a casino is way too risky. I mean, I've seen the movie Casino, one of my favorite movies. We all know what happens to people that try to steal from the house. They get their hands sawed off and Jeez. they get, put their head put in a vice. That's Casinos rough. have their own authorities. <laughs> they may have the gambling commission for the money part, mm. but when it comes to enforcing, I would rather deal with other criminals. At least we're both criminals. We're yeah. all trying to strive. I don't Instead want to mess some with some the some bizarre government sanctioned
2: yeah. hitmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, yeah.
0: if I do the wrong move in the casino, the 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 uh, the penalty is grave. So I'm gonna go it Italian is. job as well. See,
2: you said what I was thinking, but in a coherent, eloquent way. That was <laughs> that was coherent. That was exactly what I meant to
0: say, which but is hilarious. Stumbled I,
2: through. I've had so many
0: more old fashions, and somehow I'm being coherent.
1: <laughs> I go Italian job because cars. Anyway, let's move on. Because little bits Cooper cars. Because they here's the thing. Some cool driving. Do I want to drive Very a cool. Mini Cooper in a situation that requires me to pull off significant difficult Maneuvers with 2,800 pounds of payload. Fuck no. But if it's between <laughs> driving cars in a movie and not driving cars, I want to drive cars. So yeah, no, some
2: definitely cool driving. And especially that scene with the helicopter. And that was a really cool scene.
0: And her driving the Mini Cooper, that's when you're like, you realize that this is. Mis- the
1: more breaking. I think about 2,800 pounds of payload in a Mini Cooper, the more I think it just doesn't work. Those cars weigh like 3,000 pounds. Like, I'm really stuck in the payload situation. That. Well, because if your payload exceeds the weight of the vehicle, then you're in trouble there.
2: Are you calculating
1: horsepower? Hour. I want to see how much a Minnie Cooper weighs. Well, while you do that... I'm
2: Ironically, like, Minnie Cooper makes a great male stripper name. <laughs> yeah, does.
1: <laughs> Ladies
0: and gentlemen, Minnie Cooper. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. You like how I can just turn that on? <laughs> What's funny is I have never been to a any strip club, and I've never been to a male... And that's just how I envision the intro. <laughs> Ladies bro,
2: and gentlemen. Bro, that's your category. Best male stripper name, Danny Ocean or Minnie Cooper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There you
2: go. I'm not going down
1: that road again. A manual <laughs> Mini Cooper weighs t- almost 2,900 pounds. So you're doubling the weight of the vehicle wow, with the you gold. you
2: just nailed that wow. out of your bald brain.
1: You just guesstimate. <laughs> Payload, yeah. another great male's stripper name. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Payload!
2: <laughs> or another great name, Italian John! <laughs> He's wearing
0: a Mario outfit.
1: <laughs> I like the mozzarella. I like the salami.
0: <sighs> These are not the opinions of the Mario. Brothers Corporation. And we, it's it doesn't matter now. We have one last fun category. Usually we do seven. <laughs> job got their ass, got yeah. their Cooper
2: handed to
1: them.
0: It's three yeah. to one, but let's see if this is, this is a little bit of a bro category here. To me, for some reason, when I, this is maybe my stupid lizard brain, but when I heard the titles of these films, I think food. It's like Ocean's Eleven sounds like a cocktail. Italian Job sounds like an Italian sub sandwich to me. Would you rather eat an Italian Job sandwich or drink an <laughs> Ocean's Eleven cocktail? And you can use your imagination. You can explain. I would love to hear what you think <laughs> an Ocean's Eleven cocktail I love of, this category yeah I know but don't you think so that's why on our my calendar invite it said ocean spray yeah. versus Italian job sandwich
2: love it it's food that's fantastic this wins the best category award it, it does. does
1: strong when we do our, our two year episode here in like a month and a half or two mm-hmm. months or whatever we're,
0: we're approaching it just over 40 yeah, episodes two years well, bo- we both of
2: these just... have really visceral names I mean to mm-hmm. me if I'm if I'm drinking I'm sipping on an Ocean's Eleven mm. I'm sitting on the beach Ooh. it's got the it's one of those like it's got the pineapple on the side yeah. with a little Umbrella. It's, it's color 11. It's probably yeah. got a little too much sugar, but I don't care because I'm drunk. Yeah, you're on vacation. You if do. I mean, be- if I mean an Italian job, I'm, I'm in Manhattan. I'm like probably on my way to my big corporate job, mm-hmm. but I haven't eaten anything all day and I need to eat something. So I swing by and grab an Italian mm-hmm. job. I guess I'll go, uh, I'll go Ocean's Eleven because I'd rather be at the beach.
0: Well, you deserve that Ocean's Eleven. You're putting in hours at the office. That,
2: see, and that's what I tell my wife. Thank you.
0: You've been putting in late nights? <laughs> you go get yourself Ocean <laughs> Eleven at the beach. Let's go make one right now. Yes. Yeah.
1: Phil. I haven't had me a good Italian sandwich in a minute, so I'm going to go Italian job because I, I just want that fucking mix of all the Italian cuts and all the shit on one sandwich. I don't want to just sit there and enjoy it guilt-free. So Italian job because the sandwich sounds like Heaven right now.
2: All right, so an Italian job is made out of. Let's see, it's like a it, Obviously, Italian bread. I pulled up here. I'm thinking some um, roasted red peppers, coyo. roasted red peppers with some prosciutto and salami for sure. Mm-hmm. And what kind, what kind of
0: cheese? Provolone. Got to be provolone, right? Provolone. Some of the recipes I'm looking at now have both. I am looking at Italian sub recipes. Maybe toast that shit. And then well, there's got to be
2: eleven ingredients, though, or that's mm-hmm. otherwise.
1: Oh, yeah. wait, no, that's, no. A that's <laughs>
2: never mind.
1: That's there yeah. has to be a t- Italian ingredients. <laughs> there has to be work involved, or else it's not a job. And
0: then the one that's hard to say the cup of <laughs> there you go. I know it's hard to say and I don't remember what it is but the cup of coyo cup of colo Yeah and Phil I go the same way I um I as much sandwich. as as much as I want to kick my feet up here's a little <laughs> thing you guys might not know, know about me I I love eating out we all three love food and and we we love to the three of us often to share our eating experience when we go to a new steak place we always share our sentiments but I'm not a sandwich guy and I, I I'm frugal too yeah, I I'm not a sandwich guy I think paying for a sandwich is stupid Oh uh, see I couldn't disagree more Sandwich really? is an art I just think paying for to me Sandwich is home food. You don't pay for it out except the Italian.
2: What do you eat? You don't like meat. You don't like sandwiches. What's left? I do make sandwiches at home. My wife
0: makes sourdough at home. I use that. I, I do make them at home. I just don't pay for them out. I, I guess I do a little bit, but not too much. But the Italian. I never have all these meats sitting around at one time. The capicoyo, the pepper, the pepperoni. I have none of these sitting around. Going out in that mayonnaise, I feel like this is why mayonnaise was made, was for the Italian job sandwich. This is a sandwich <laughs> that works just as well on the disco as it does on the military range, okay? This is a fantastic sandwich. It is the best sandwich. It is the only sandwich that matters. It kicks turkey's ass. It kicks ham and cheese's ass. It, for God, for God sure, well, I don't know what I'm saying right now. It <laughs> for God Fuck, you're it just like glitching words. It damn sure beats tuna melts all to hell. All right, the Italian job sandwich tuna not melts? only wins. Who's
1: willingly eating
0: one of those? There are tuna melt people out there. Oh, Some of them are my children. I Nobody's, don't claim them.
2: Nobody is willingly serving a tuna tuna melt. Italian job. That's it, home shit. You want to talk that, about a home you, sandwich? People are making melts. freaking. They're taking like American cheese and putting it on a piece of Wonder bread. <laughs> well, here,
1: here's why you don't pay for sandwiches. It's because we live in fucking Middle Tennessee, and the best we're gonna get around here is Jersey mikes which is not even that good so
2: yeah no i don't jersey mikes is it leaves something to be desired for sure it's trash i mean it's not even a
1: good jersey sub Mm -hmm. it's just fucking it's a poser ass restaurant jimmy john's fox Jimmy John's yes. it is good. It's its own thing. I love Jimmy John's. If you're
2: if you're into cold, if you're in the mood for a cold sandwich,
1: Jimmy John's. Yeah, but if you want like a good hot sandwich, I mean, you're not going to get that here. Today. Yeah. P.S.A. There's a reason. It's a franchise called Jersey Mike's. They're selling you something, and it's not the real thing. Just oh my god, Jersey Mike's is some bullshit. Anyway, tying a bow on it. <laughs>
0: Italian job sandwich not only wins Jersey the category. Rice. Italian job sandwich is the embodiment of the perfect sandwich. You can't make it at home. You gotta go out. You gotta pay for it.
2: Chase, Chase it down with an ice cold Ocean's Eleven.
0: Yes, and then you go out. You go on vacation. You don't maybe don't tell the wife. You go out. You get yourself an Ocean's Eleven. Well, let's talk Stockton. about this then. Ocean's
2: Eleven. It's got to be a rum-based drink, right? Yeah. Well, well I, I automatically coconut.
0: gravitate towards a fancier deviation of the of the cosmopolitan. So vodka cranberry juice, but with more. To
2: What makes it the Oceans 11? To me, rum or it's got to be rum or tequila. Ocean spray, cranberry juice. Oh. That's where I go. Okay. I think Ocean spray,
0: you know, the Cosmopolitan has cranberry juice. Yes.
2: I'm, try- I'm trying to get to 11 viable ingredients. You get the, the glass. Get the glass. You get the you, the you get
0: the glass. Get the I will <laughs> develop. <laughs> You're using the glass as an you got ingredient. You to get to
2: 11 <laughs> <laughs> fucking. Oh <yeah>. my god. <laughs> glass, ice. Is, Is rim this rim some salt salt, gla- gla- or rip, sugar?
1: Jesus. <laughs> blue curaçao to make it blue.
2: Blue curaçao. Okay. Yeah, Ocean. Okay. I like it. I'll buy it. Rum to pineapple, pineapple juice. Pineapple juice. We got uh, lime cranberry. A little bit of orange. Fine. Any Foreign kind of juice? bitters? Any kind of bitters? We're not probably using bitters. Not bitters drink. for this. And then what are we garnishing? We need the a fucking pineapple it's wedge. It's a shaker Boom. drink. Pineapple there needs to be something. S- so we need one more thing. S- slightly spiced. an umbrella. 11. It needs a
0: slight spice. It's very sweet right now. Put a dash of cayenne pepper. Okay. Dash of cayenne because it's very sweet right now. Maybe in the rim salt.
2: Oh, tahine. Tahine. Tahine salt.
0: That might be good. Because uh, it's too sweet right now. We need a little Listeners, tajine.
2: please drop the recipe in the description. Send us
0: pictures. In fact, challenge to you, take any movie we've covered, make a cocktail after it. Send
2: to us, we'll make it and drink we'll it on
1: tell the podcast, you if it's good or not. and We'll We're, tell you if it's yeah. good or not. If there's one thing we do right on the show, it's cocks, all is right? Is this a
2: new segment? I think we should take every movie we use in a matchup and make an, a menu item. Like heat? What would heat be?
1: Oh, heat would be... Uh, Freaking
2: like, it's got to be like a roasted pepper appetizer of some sort. It kind of just feels yeah. like a steak and peppers. Some, it's yeah. like
1: a um Oh, peppers.
2: Toshito pepper. That's heat. That's Ooh, what it's yeah. yes.
1: called. I don't know. Love I think it'd be funny. It. I love Aliens. This.
2: What's an aliens dish?
1: <laughs> oh, dude, just something slimy Neon and Neon green. Like... <laughs> very poorly like undercooked okra something like, that burst out of your chest enemy after you of the state
2: I mean, yeah, enemy this, is is steak. this is a good so
1: exercise a, a steak well done it I'm blown like- away <laughs> right
0: now this is the best idea we've ever had on this podcast <laughs> scrap the format scrap the rando scrap the war card this is now movie cocktails <laughs> so yeah. we should
2: do one episode where we catch up all the movies that we've done just talking about making the menu items I can't wait to see what you come up with
0: for the RoboCop the, it's not RoboCop it's the RoboCop the RoboCop the RoboCop Coppa-cola. It's a metallic. <laughs> it's a metallic. I
1: like the taste of the Robocop.
0: We had a lot of fun today. We haven't watched these movies in a while. We had to reschedule. So Why next- did you
1: just tell everyone? Field that? of Dreams God. make a great salad. <laughs> yeah. Field of Greens. Field there of Greens. Castaway.
2: Fantastic cocktail. Yeah. Castaway. Predator. I've got the Castaway. <laughs> Predator. <laughs> Predator. <laughs> barely drank barely her. Barely made a menu item out of her. Well, this is beef. <laughs> I'm a mess. I, I'm not even drunk anymore.
0: I just delivered the worst performance of my
1: movie, worst <laughs> oh, career. come on. I just batted zero. <laughs> Kyle,
2: this is how you fucking live your life.
1: He always, you like, lay your every, head
2: down on the pillow every day and say, oh, five fucking I just fucked day. up <laughs> well, my that own was, show.
1: And then well, it's always like, offensive Meanwhile, to we're skyrocketing up the charts. Oh, yeah. I just think,
2: uh, also, you know, shout out, we just eclipsed the top 30, top 30 or something. Yeah, man.
0: I mean, we dip and, in and out. And I mean, movie
2: pod, guys, there's a lot of movie podcasts mm-hmm. out there. We, t- we broke the top 30. We t- broke the I'm proud of us.
1: If it was for two seconds, it was, yeah. I
0: mean, we we, we dipped. This is literally what happened. We dipped into the top 30. We got to 29. And it's funny, the ringer was just 10 spots ahead of us on that day at 15 or whatever. And the next day, we got down to 130. (laughs) It's literally just about 130, you know, it's just the... But we thank you for that. That's incredible. It's fun. It's oh. hard to believe that people listen to us that much. And the episode that put us over the top was uh, the Indiana Jones episode. That was the one that got us in the top 30. I'm
2: Indiana jones in for a our sandwich. most you downloaded... Like oh, fuck yeah. Uh, that was
0: our most downloaded episode in history, um, which is Are pretty Are you cool. serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was the fastest to get to that number. It
2: was...
1: Wow. I don't know if it was the movies or what, but anyway, thank it you for that. It probably was, considering that's the entire crux of this situation. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, it algorithmically was the speaking, I mean the selection. though,
2: d- was it because we gave it some more time? Maybe. Be. Maybe we should do one a year. Yeah, oh Let's my just, god! Just experiment. The king
0: of content over here. Oh,
2: hey. Welcome to the annual movie wars, and we should do it once. <laughs> we
0: should do it once a year and pick really like a horrible matchup. Like people tune in once they're like, oh my god, they're doing Good Will Hunting versus the Power Rangers remake. What the fuck? <laughs> well, this year
2: it's Bad Santa versus
0: Matilda. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's good. We just dip in like once every like September fourteenth, and then we're like until next year.
1: <laughs> Land before time versus the Godfather. Everybody, <laughs> I think this episode's over. Yeah, it is. Thank we you. This
2: episode sm- ended long before we have the midterms to smoke, friends.
0: We have heisted plenty of your time yeah. tonight, so thank you. Thanks for putting us in the top thirty. We love you. Drive your Mini Cooper into the sunset. Love you. This is Kyle. I'm Drew. I'm Fur.
1: Bye.